0: Carl, thank you for reading that. Okay, that's just three chapters. Next week it's going to be more <laughs> by uh, Pastor Ben. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here and giving us this opportunity to worship you, Father. I pray humbly that only your name will be glorified through this worship and through this teaching, Father. I also pray humbly that you help us to understand the scripture we just read, deeper meaning and truth behind the scripture, the message that you are trying to relate it to us by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can become the people that you want us to become, the godly and holy people, Father. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. So the Hollywood has been uh, making movies for a long time. Uh, Since uh, early 1900, uh, they've been making many, many movies In the beginning, the Hollywood in California wasn't the biggest movie-making community. Uh, There was a community in France, but now, not anymore. Hollywood is bigger and better. Uh, Hollywood has a formula when they make a movie. Formula is how to make money. And so they have a different way of uh, making movies. And one of their formula, Uh, that served them really well. Uh, Even this year, there are a bunch of movies with this formula. It's a formula with a hero and villain, the good people and bad people. You notice that sometimes really well-made movie without good villain is not as interesting as if you have really good, bad people. And one of the best hero and uh, villain movie that we know of, Uh, I think a few years ago they actually made one, and they're actually making another one. It's uh, Superman, the Man of Steel. And uh, our hero in the movie start out usually humble and weak looking. Little boy, doesn't look like much, he loves uh, spend time with the father and mother, just like anyone else. But usually in the movie, we make him upset. Here he doesn't have a T-shirt, so he's really upset. And then he has no choice but to change him into tight, and fly around and do amazing things, and like fighting with the, the evil villain, like General. Jod, I think that's how it's how pronounced, right? Jod, and who is really, really evil. By the way, he doesn't look that evil in this picture. He looked more evil in the next picture, this one. He looked really bad, and in that movie, even though I was uh, clenching my teeth, ah, oh, Superman, kill him, kill him, and he doesn't die. But at the end, you know that because of him, the villain, the movie, Became better. It's just in the movie. In real life, of course, it's really hard. So it is a good formula, good business for the Hollywood. Uh, back in 2013, when they made the Man of Steel, they made about $668 million. Uh, they spent about $225 million. That's pretty good business. Like three times more than what you spend. Anyone should be in that kind of business, right? So, in the movie, at the end of the day, our hero save, and deliver humanity from the evil plan to destroy us. And it's not just for the adult. Children also like hero and villain movie. I should know because I had children. Because. I had to watch these movies over 100 times. Yeah, when Pauline was a little, the, she encouraged me to watch this together. And this movie also did really well. It did so well, they chose to make one or two Dalmatians, but I was lucky that I didn't have to watch this one. By the time she said, no, I'm too old for that. I did not watch that one, because every time I watch the children's movie with her, I sleep, and she complained that I sleep and snore. And I do snore a lot. Well, even children's movie with that formula, they did so well. They made about $320 million, spending about $75 million. That's like four times more than what they have spent. So, that formula works. So some of you might be asking, so what am I talking about uh, this? The hero is a an villain. And what does this got to do with today's topic? Well, always my answer is, a lot. Because today, the title is, Esther, the danger to cause people. And my short answer to that question you just asked me, thank you, is a lot. Hero and villain has a lot to do with today's topic because today's scripture comes from the book of Esther and it is about hero and villain. And uh, importantly, unlike Superman or 101 Dalmatian, 102 Dalmatian, this is actually a true story that happened. True story that happened about 2400 years ago in ancient Persian empire, which is now called Iran. Hmm. This is actually the tomb of Esther. Many of us who live outside of the Iran did not know that actually there was a tomb, but there was. Local knew this already all the time. This is the Queen Esther's tomb. After 2400 years of uh, weather, it's still pretty good looking standing. According to the archaeologist, actually this looked far better looking than now because on top of that dome, there was a bright blue glass tiles covering that architecture. But after 2400 years, one by one, it fell off. So what Iran government did was 2009, they announced finally, okay, we're gonna put some money aside to maintain the, this building and also protect it. Because if they don't do it, uh, they know that it's gonna become ruined. But it is a very important site for them, not only to us Christians, because Esther is a very important character, but also to the Jewish people, which we'll find out in a few minutes. And also, surprisingly too, Muslim. So this is an important site. Just like a golden dome in Israel, this is an important site to Christian, Jewish people, and Muslim. So government of Iran decided to maintain it. Give you some idea where it is located. This is a picture of the map. Uh, Number three is where this tomb is located. Uh, number two is uh, modern capital of Iran, Tehran, now. But number one is uh, Susa, or now it's called Sus. Where well, all the stories that we're gonna talk about is gonna be happening. So, number one, that's where story happens, what happened 2400 years ago. And number two is where well, capital is. Number three is where well, Esther's tomb is. So. In Esther's story, there is a hero and villain. Hero is Queen Esther, which colors us beautifully red. And she does have an uncle who also is mentioned in the Bible, Mordecai. He's a Jewish uncle to Esther. Esther is Jewish too. And villain, his name is Haman. Remember the name Haman. Okay, the king was mentioned in this story, but the king is not really the villain. He's like the collaborator, but real villain is Haman in this story. And he is the prime minister of Persian Empire, which was, at the time, largest empire on earth in the history of humankind. Of course, bigger empire came along later, but at that point, be around BC 500, Persian was the largest empire on earth, as we'll talk about a little more later. So, in hero, with, for hero, God makes his plan, which we can read in the Bible. Knowing that evil was planning bad things, God plans his things. And then it happened around Esther, Queen Esther. And we call that El Roy, that's the name of the God, God who sees things ahead of time, El Roy. And I'll explain to you why I mentioned the name uh, at this point. And at the end of the story, God delivers his people, Jewish people, from the evil hand using Esther. That's the story of Esther on side. Villain, at the end, he gets killed. He makes up his plan, but he gets killed by his own plan, which Pastor Ben and David Silk will be explaining more in the next few weeks. So, though we're going to be starting the Book of Esther series today. It will be in three parts. Today, I'll be talking about Esther part one, basically covering chapter one, two, three, And then next week, Pastor Ben will be covering chapter four, five. And uh, Pastor Tim comes back from Korea, and he'll talk about P31. And then July 2nd, Esther 3, the finale of this, almost like a drama story, which actually happened in real life. So it'll be concluded by uh, David Silk. I encourage you to read Esther's, because there's so much to learn. And I'll be stretching, uh, stretching, uh, uh, mentioning why this book is so important to us. And there is a reason why God has asked us to teach this book uh, around this time of this year. And we'll find out more why this book is so important. So let me, even though the car beautifully read the scripture. Let me summarize the chapter one through three uh, slowly so we'll actually understand the story more. Uh, around BC 500, in the story of the Esther, the book started with a party. It was a really, really big party. The party was so long, it was 180 days long. Remember, this was the largest empire at the the time. And King Jerksy had lots of money. So he had no problem having party of eating and drinking for 180 days. Because he was the king of this uh, biggest empire on Earth. He actually basically conquered about 127 small countries, which you look at in the map soon. And he asked a special question to his queen, which you'll find uh which we'll talk a little later. So this is actually the Persian Empire back then. But it's kind of hard to see how big this is. So let me superimpose it on today's map. So now this is a more familiar map. So that red dot is the capital of the Persian Empire Susa back then, which is now the part of the Iran. So I show you how big the Persian Empire was. That was a part of the empire, and this, which is Iraq and all those countries, and they even covered, conquered Jerusalem, Lebanon, Syria, Bulgaria, Georgia, all those, even Egypt and Libya, and small part of the Ethiopia. Okay, I have. Let me use a the laser here. Okay, Uh, so here is actually India. Sorry about that. So all the way from the east, India, and all the way to the Libya and Ethiopia, this was a Persian Empire. When you compare this to the Roman Empire, it was bigger by the land size. That's how big it was. So King Jersey, when he had the party, he had the money to spend. He, he had no problem having party for six months. This is the remains of the, his portion of the palace. Of course, it looks pretty big, right? It looks something like this. And by the way, this is just a part of the, his palace. This is a huge palace where everything is gone now. That's what happens after 2,500 years. So, he was having party. So he was a drunk and he was a happy and he asked his queen, the Vasili, come out and show herself to the his guest. He must have the thousands of guests. Uh, in the Bible it says the was a very good looking person. So he was a proud husband. Hey Vasili, come out and show yourself. But when he did, he asked her to come out with just royal crown. That's what the Bible said, nothing else. So some of the biblical scholars said, maybe what he was asking was Vasily, come out without clothes, just wearing crown. Maybe that's why she refused to come out. I mean, this was a very powerful guy. You don't refuse things unless he demands something really outrageous. So the agreement is that maybe, just like Bible scripture said, he asked her to come out naked. So she said, you know, this is the limit. That one I'm not going to do. Well, king divorced her, making a room for the new queen. So king Vasily, Queen Vasily was removed, and then king ordered the beauty pageant to be held, to look for the new queen. So, do you see the do you see the hand of God working in this story? By the way, this uh, which I'll be talking about a little later, Queen Esther is one of the two books in the Bible that doesn't mention name of God anywhere. There's a two books, which I'll mention the other book later. So, even though his name is not mentioned. You can tell in the story, God doing something in the story. So anyway, so the Queen Esther became the queen at the age of 14 years old. She was only 14, just barely became teenager. But scripture do indicate that as soon as King Xerxes saw her, he said, you know what? I don't have to see the other 400 girls. This is it. She was a good looking inside and outside. So queen just made decision very quickly. I wish I could see the picture of the Esther and meet her. She must have been a special person. So Esther become the queen. And then soon after, Morokai her uncle, happened to uncover the plot for killing the king. How crazy is that? You see the God working already in this story, even though his name is not mentioned. So later, because he does this, because he actually reports this to king, he get a favor later. And then Haman comes the villain, the name that you're supposed to memorize, Haman, the prime minister of Persia, hate Jewish people, and he decided to kill them. And that's the plot. And he is so hateful. He even said, King, I'm gonna donate 10,000 talents of my silver. Do you know how much that is in today's dollar? As I said on the screen, it's equivalent to about 750,000 pounds of silver in today, this week's spot price, which is between uh, $19 and 25 cents. It's about 185 to $218 million. Not only he had so much money, but he was willing to spend that much money to kill the, all the Jewish people in Persian Empire, and that's how much he hated. Well, going back historically, the Haman, who is a descendant of Agak, and the Jewish people had some bad relationship. Anyway, King Persia, King of Persia gave the permission to kill the Jewish people He's not so bright. He was king, but he was not a good king. Anyway, so he gave the permission to kill everyone on a single day. And date of killing of the Jewish people and taking their property was announced. And the one thing about this is that this law that they passed to killing the Jewish people, it says, Okay, about 12 months from today, on one day, 12th of the Adal, which is a, like the February or March, you, can, you have the legal right to kill your Jewish neighbor if you choose to. And after that, take everything they own. How crazy is that? But well, that was the plot. You can kill your Jewish neighbor, as many as you want, and then take everything they own. That was the law they passed. So that is a summary of the story. So let's start with, uh, uh, let's see uh, what we can learn from this story. And there are about five of them that we can learn, and there are many more, but this is the main point. Okay, let me, okay. Okay, number one, on your outline, God, who is everywhere, that's something we can learn from this story. As I said uh, in the beginning, the God was not mentioned anywhere. So Esther is one of two books that named after female. Uh, guess uh, which one is the other one? The book named after female is Ruth's. Esther is also unique in that is a one of two books that mentions no God in the whole book. Uh, Esther is made of ten chapters but there's no God. The other book is Songs of Solomon. But Esther is unique in that there's no But God is everywhere throughout the book, as we we'll notice. Uh, Luke 12, seven said, even the hairs of your head have all been counted, meaning God knows everything. It doesn't matter whether the name of God was mentioned in the Bible or story, He is everywhere. And also the Jeremiah 23 said, I am a God who is everywhere. Do you know, do you not know that I am everywhere in heaven and on earth? So, throughout the book of the Esther, especially the first chapter, you see that the God is planning things, and we can see that the God who sees, uh, called El Roy, is everywhere. Because he sees the uh, past, he sees the future, he sees the present, he can see and plan things ahead. So we see the El Roy in this story, and also we also see the God who is there, which is called uh, Yahweh Shama. Even though his name is not uh, obviously mentioned, written anywhere, uh, Yahweh Shammah is everywhere in this story. And also, when we see the 14 years old Jewish girl becoming queen, preparing, God preparing for the deliverance of his people later, we see that His uh, El Roy and Yahweh Shammah is working already. And when God caused the Mordecai happened to undiscover the plot to kill the king. is also God giving a favor to Mordecai because he is the Yahweh Shema who is everywhere. He's also a roi who sees things. Mordecai of course later helped to deliver uh, Jewish people. And also we see that the God uh, the, who provides uh, Yahweh Jireh everywhere, because he's the one who sees things and who also provides things for his people. So in this book, we can see that uh, God is written all over the place, even though it is not specifically written anywhere. So on your outline, first one, you can say, nothing is coincident but providence. Even in our life, when we might think that uh, things are happening for no reason, it is ha- actually happening because of God. I heard that uh, one of the members of the small group last week saying, whenever his mom says something, it actually happens. So I told him, it's not a God is always involved, just like the God is involved in the story of uh, Esther. This is uh, the Esther Queen's uh, tomb from another angle. By the way, I didn't know that it snows in Iran. I thought it was hot all the time, but apparently it snows in the northern part of the Iran. So this is from the uh, behind the building picture of Queen Esther's tomb. Again. So number two outline, blessed are those who has not seen. One thing interesting about, uh, about the book of Esther is, Uh, Throughout the book, there is no mention of the miracle either performed or recorded. Do you remember from the Jewish people when they came out of Egypt? There are so many miracles, right? The Jewish people celebrate two major holidays commemorating deliverance of their people from the evil. And one is, of course, you know that it's Passover, Uh, they celebrate Passover because uh, Passover celebrate the time when God delivered the Jewish people from the evil hand of Egypt. And uh, during that time, if you read the Bible, there are so many miracles that was recorded in the book. But Purim, which is the Jewish people celebrating deliverance of Jewish people from hand of Haman, which is the book of Esther is based on there is no miracle recorded anywhere. So the Passover has so many miracles recorded, but the Purim, which celebrate the deliverance of Jewish people from Haman, the Prime Minister of the Persia, not even one miracle is recorded on the book. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Of course even though it's not recorded, we see everything that is happening by God's intervention is all small and big miracles. In that way, the Book of Esther is so important because it doesn't mention the name of the God or it doesn't even record any of the miracles, but he's there and also miracle happens all the time. Just like in my story, in my personal story or your story, when someone writes a story about you, it's probably possible that they can write your story without even writing one God name or even miracle anywhere, but they can see from the whole story that God is everywhere. So Jesus said in the John twenty, Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Esther's story is like that. Even though there is no miracle recorded, you can see that uh, he's there, things are happening, nothing is coincident, and uh, Jesus did say, blessed are those who believe without seeing it. Have you seen these cookies? Uh, This actually is a cookie that Jesus, uh, the Jewish people, make in order to celebrate the Purim which celebrate deliverance from uh, Haman, the Persian Prime Minister. It's called the Hamatesen, Hamantesen in their original language is called the Haman's ear. Does it look like ear? So on the Purim day, they chew on the Haman's ear. You know what you're trying to do to us? See, we're eating your ears and they're eating these ears. So that cookie is specially made to celebrate that day. Apparently Purim is a pretty large uh, festival. Uh, It's almost like a Halloween to us. They can wear anything they want, and they can drink a lot, but they also give a gift to other people. Celebrate the story of Esther. So, even though there weren't uh, many miracles, uh, there were many miracles in the Bible, it does not always help faith to mature. Israel, they crossed the Red Sea, but that didn't stop them from making a golden calf about a month and a half later. I never understood this story. I mean, they crossed the Red Sea God did one of the big miracles, separating the sea. And then about a month and a half later, just because Moses was not coming down from the mountain quickly enough, they said, you know what? Let's dump everything. Let's make a golden calf." That's another the evidence that miracle really doesn't help people. We also know that the pillar of fire by night and pillar of the cloud during the day by the way, that is the pillar I heard. They also did not stop them from disobeying. So the miracle doesn't really help us. Uh, it does serve the purpose. So a powerful miracle by the Israelites did not really cause them to obey him, no. So Israel constantly they disobeyed and rebelled against God despite they seen so many Miracles. So, I'd like to share with you this one. So, it's better for us not to have a lot of miracles in there because it is actually giving us a practical lesson um, because it encourages us to deal with our problem with just faith. The miracle doesn't help us anyway but Esther's book is so important because it actually helps us to live with faith alone, which is actually better. Just like Esther and Mordecai, we should live life like that too. If unseen miracles are necessary, God will make it happen anyway. And we also read this uh, scripture that it's better to believe without seeing it. So, name of God, no miracle, but we already seen God working behind the scene. And we saw the God Eloi in the story. We saw the God Yahweh Shammah in the story. We also saw God Yahweh Jireh in the story, throughout the uh, story. Uh, let me ask you one more thing. God, our shepherd, Yahweh, Roy, is there too. God has uh, 19 different names, but we can actually pull out many names indicating that he was present in the whole story. So we can add that one. Even though he's not mentioned, even though he's not seen, he sees he's there, and our shepherd, looking away to provide Yahweh, Chile. Number three, evil does not like what God loves. Evil knows that God loves Jewish people. Genesis 12, three said, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curse you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And this is actually, we should take this literally, as I show you very interesting statistic uh, soon. We should actually personally take this literally. He also knows that Jesus will come from the Jewish lineage. that's why the Jewish people went through so much, because Satan does not like whatever God loves. Satan knows God loves Jewish people. And Satan knows that he is going to be destroyed eventually because of Jesus, and Jesus comes from the Jewish lineage. So he has no reason to like Jewish people. And that's why he, they went through so much. They went through the Egypt Exodus. They went through this uh, uh, the Persia things. They also later went through, uh, through the Holocaust. So they went through so much. And that's why God said, make sure you bless them. Because through them, you'll be blessed. So evil has no reason to like people God loves more than ever that's why we need his protection El Shaddai we love God evil does not love whoever God loves so only way we can survive is his protection El Shaddai just like the Jewish people in Persia we need the God Almighty, El Shaddai. Uh, this is statistic I was talking about. 2014, ADL did a global study uh, about anti-Semitic study. Uh, I hope everyone pays attention to this. Okay, it shows uh, on the left side the group of countries that hate Jewish people. So 93% for West Bank, meaning 93% of the people in West Bank and Gaza hate Jewish people. So the, it includes Iraq, Yemen, there are many other countries. On the right side is the list of countries country that favors Jewish people. So when it says USA, 9% means only 9% of the Americans don't like Jewish people. So that means 91% of the Americans like Jewish people. So it is a simple study, but very important study. So that uh, on the right side, it includes the United Kingdom and Sweden. There are a bunch of other countries. But you can see, God said, I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, Israel, Jewish people. I'll curse those who curse you. So, People, a group on the left side is a country that actually is cursing Jewish people. And you can tell how those countries are. West Bank, Iraq, Yemen, there are a bunch of others. So those countries that bless Jewish people, by the way, I heard that the United States is very unique in that uh, United States, in a way, treating the Jewish people one of the most favorable country. And the United States is still the superpower and blessed in many ways, because people here, over 90% bless Jewish people. At least don't hate, because we know that we're not supposed to. Genesis twelve three, 3 as I said, I bless those who bless you. So I say, personally you guys, be careful, be careful. God is faithful, And he keeps his promise. And he doesn't lie. Number four, God calls all things work together for good to those who love God. So you can write on your outline to work together. (laughs) Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God calls all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And you can see the story of Esther. This is happening. Jewish people, just because they only, one thing they do well is love God and be faithful. And God is actually making everything work together for them, nothing else. So even in our lives, just because we love God, God is gonna make everything work together. Sometimes it may look mysterious, but it's nothing, it's coincidence. Everything that happens around us, for us, Christians, is by providence. God's hand is everywhere. El Shaddai, Eloi, and all those other names of God is everywhere in our, in our life, even though God is not written anywhere in our life. So finally, the God wants us to further His kingdom. Actually, that is one of the, his uh, big plans. God could have saved the Jewish people without help of Esther, but that's not the way He works. God could have saved the Jewish people from the evil hand of Egypt without the help of Moses, but that's not what He does. He wants us to be part of the business. And I'll tell you why. said, he wants us, you and me, including Esther and Moses, to grow in faith, becomes godly. That's all he wants. The reason 1.6 million Jewish people were delivered from Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, and he took them out to the desert because he wanted to make them his people And that's the whole point. He wanted to make them the people who believe in God. And he wanted them to grow their faith. Every day we all go through our family situation, job situation, many different situations. And it is there so we can grow. He's not trying to uh, trick us. He wants us to grow through those circumstances. And that's the whole point about Esther, too. God knows that by doing that, some of them will become more faithful. Not everyone, some. Always, it's not 100%. But the whole point is, through those difficult times, he wants them to pray. As you'll find out more from next teaching, uh, Pastor Ben and uh, David Silk will talk about it. They'll pray. Because in 12 months, they want to die. If they don't pray with that problem, when should they pray? God wants them to kneel down and pray, and so they did. and God delivered them, just like in our life. Eleanor Roosevelt, wife of the president of the United States, said this. And many pastors seem to be using this in many occasions. A woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot waters. Hot waters. You can't tell whether it's green teas or black teas or red teas or jasmine tea until you put them in the hot water. What does that mean? It tells a lot, actually. Maybe that's why pastors have been using this so many times. Just like tea bag. You don't know how tough you are. You don't know how faithful you are. You don't know how much you love Jesus until you are put in hot water. Esther was not the person you think you are. If you read the story, Esther was reluctant. She wasn't 100% for helping Jewish people, but when she was put in the hot water, the truthness came out. She decided to help. She decided to exercise her faith in actions. Just like a teabag. So it happened to us too. Then you can tell how tough you are, how faithful you are, how much you have, how much you love Jesus. For Esther, when time came, she did the right thing to trust God. Because he was, and is, and will be always to all of us, God who sees things, Eloi, God who is there, Yahweh Shema, God who will provide, Yahweh Jireh. Our shepherd, Yahweh Roy, our almighty, El Shaddai. As he was to Esther and Morokai and more, he will be to us too. Only if we ask Him to help us. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the story of Esther.